Welcome to Resilience in You with Beth Page. It's thought that challenges and uncertainty make us the people we are today. Where success comes in is how resilient we are in the face of adversity. Being resilient means taking a break, creating a sense of calm in our storm. You start today. Here's your host, Beth Page. Hello, fabulous humans. Welcome to Resilience in You. I'm your host, Beth Page. And, uh... Thank you for taking a break and joining us today for this show. And what if today is the perfect day for you to cultivate resilience for yourself? Resilience in You is designed to introduce you to the stories of humans who have navigated their own uh, resilience adventures and uh, share the tools and tips. And may something uh, be added to your toolbox that will be of service to you. I am absolutely delighted and excited to have uh, Jenna Forrester with me today. Uh, Jenna is an executive coach. Uh, She's a fabulous uh, mom of two amazing humans. And uh, she is um, the lover of all things nature. Welcome, Jenna. Thanks, Paige. It's a page. (laughs) We're going to call you Paige today. (laughs) Thanks. It has it has happened. Has it? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's a delight. And um, before uh, we head into the show, what else would you like people to know about um, fabulous human Jenna? You know, uh, it's that fabulous human Jenna is actually in the room. And I think that's a pretty big statement for old Jenna to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's an important one, especially when we talk about resilience. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say that, I think of, you know, how many people are disconnected from the totality of all of their humanity. And uh, what a powerful statement it is to be whole W-H-O-L-E, and present. Yeah. What a gift. Well, and even to, um, I know for me personally, even to know that I wasn't whole and I wasn't uh, being present in the moments in all of myself, I was bringing skills and attributes and abilities to what I was doing uh, successfully. Um, but what a difference when all of us show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've navigated uh, some uh, challenges in your own life that have resulted in this whole Jenna that uh, I'm gifted to hang out with this morning. Uh, what story of resilience did you want to bring forward for our listeners today? Um, there's been so many, but one of the largest ones that really... Um, adjusted and aligned me uh, at the highest level was my health uh, challenge that I worked through about 12 years. um, And that's with Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. So I, um, my life changed drastically, very rapidly. Um, I remember the day specifically, I was um, running down a trail and uh, training for a half marathon had been for you know, almost a good part of a year. And then my left leg collapsed underneath me. And I went down on the trail and I, for the life of me, I couldn't move my leg. 
Um, I couldn't will it. I couldn't push through it. I couldn't. Um, and that, that started me on this journey uh, around health that I was quickly getting sicker and sicker and not understanding what was happening to me. So uh, life kind of showed up <laughs> in a very different manner. And it required a lot of change for me mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. So what unfolded from there for you? Um, it was, it was uh, a lot of doctors and tests and trying to sort out what was happening. Um, eventually finding a wonderful doctor that um, was able to question this disease called Lyme disease. I had never heard of it. I didn't know um, what it was, um, but it, it ended up um, being the disease that showed up for me. And through that process, you know, I went from uh, being a successful entrepreneur, mom, engaged, uh, sitting on a lot of boards, really just in life and moving forward in the way that I um, wanted to at the time. And then within a two-year span, uh, I had lost my health, my relationship, my home, my um, business. You know, I went from thriving to being able to sit upright for two hours a day and trying to manage. um, I was a single parent at the time, trying to manage all of the things that I felt I had to do and I had to accomplish. And it was, it was a, it was such a shift for me. I'd never been in a place where I couldn't push through and I couldn't um, just put my head down and, and push through what, what was in front of me. And that wasn't an option anymore. And that shook me Mm -hmm. to the core. I didn't know who to be or how to be if I wasn't there for people doing the work that I love, which is executive coaching, teaching leadership, you know, being on boards, heading certain departments on boards and all the things, right. I was really good at coming in with my cape and, and, you know, making everybody come together and putting everything into place. And I didn't have enough in the tank to get from one place to another in my home. Mm -hmm. And so all of what I knew was erased. Yeah. The way I engaged in the world. Yeah. And so what became real for you at that moment with the tank as low as it was? Honestly, fear, Hmm. (laughs) you know, it, uh, I stepped out of being, anything other than a fearful person. I, I was so afraid. I, I think it happens when we don't know, we don't have certainty. And I, and I think this is really prevalent right now mm-hmm. with what we've all been through this last year and a bit. When, when we aren't certain, we don't have certainty in the things that we're used to having certainty in fear. It's, it's like there's an opening and there's a gap and fear can just stream in and really start to run the show. I was mm-hmm. I was so fearful that I was going to lose 
my life. I was, you know, I was at the stage where that was a, a definite threat and um, it, and fearful that I, I just didn't want to, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to, you know, be in this world. I, you know, I, I know I've said to you in the past, if I did not have my children and I didn't have the responsibility of raising children, I don't think I'd be here. I think I would have chosen a different outcome. Um, it just felt too much, too uh, weighted. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a choice. Yeah, it, it wasn't something I wanted to keep going with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you talk about the boys and um, what else as you navigated through that period? One of the big things was vulnerability. Um, you know, I was raised in a way that vulnerability was a weakness. It was something that we didn't show. It was something that we didn't express. Um, and I, you know, I had an allergic reaction to it. I actually broke out in hives um, around the idea of being vulnerable. And to look back at it now, it seems a bit crazy, but in the moment, I was so afraid of being vulnerable or weak that I kept my health away from people. I didn't, like even my own brother, who I love and we're very close, uh, he didn't know the extent of my illness. My my dear friends who are family, uh, they didn't know the extent of it because I, I kept it hidden. I didn't want people to see me as vulnerable because I thought that if I was vulnerable, I was therefore less than. And I couldn't, it was, it was almost like the vulnerability was more of the issue than my actual health. I was putting so much effort into not being vulnerable. You know, I, I remember going to my doctor who was there to help me to, right, like partner in this. And I wouldn't be honest with how excruciating the situation was. I would play it off or I would say, yeah, I'm okay. I, you know, that's it's good. I would joke it off. I would, you know, laugh, laugh at it. And it took a, a very dear person in my life to come with me to the doctors and say, time, time out. No, she's not, she's not okay. Like this mm-hmm. is what's actually happening. And that, that was a switch for me where I had to start to be very, honest and very real and admit that I no longer had this. Mm-hmm. It had me and it, it, it gripped me mm-hmm. and I had to ask for help. I had to ask for financial help. I had to ask for help with, I couldn't cook or care for my children. Um, I needed to help with that. Um, I, I needed help on the business side for contracts I was in and obligations that I felt I had to meet. I had to pull in, those people that I were with me in business to step up and they did. And, you know, even the community, I, I've always been a leader in the community and I was, you know, I sat on different boards that were about community development and leadership and community. And then I, I had to ask, I didn't actually ask. Someone came to me and said, let me help you. And there was different fundraisers and all the things the community really came together. And I, was able to see people in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to see them 
as they're with me <laughs> instead of me needing to be something that I couldn't be anymore. Yeah. It mm-hmm. sounds like they were walking alongside. Because I let them. And I think that's the big thing around vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I have a story to share, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Please. Okay. I have a distinct moment where I remember I went to Hawaii um, with some dear friends, which was quite a feat for me even to get there Mm -hmm. uh, with my health. And I knew it would zap me, but I felt it was important. It was a a dear friend of mine's 50th and all of my people were there. And I felt I needed that more than anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, still pretending to be better than I was from a health perspective. And um, we went out on a boat and we were going to go out into the ocean and swim with dolphins um, as part of this birthday. And I remember being on the boat and um, I was a a competitive swimmer when I was young. I thought, oh, swimming, no problem. I can do that. I mean, the water's doing half the work, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and the first couple of times I would jump in with everyone and they would swim off and I couldn't, I couldn't get my body to perform in any kind of a way or move. And so after the second time, the captain, which was kind of a gruff guy, um, he said, what are you doing? I, you can't be in the water. It's dangerous for you to be in the water. You're going to get harmed. Um, You need to get out of the water. Mm -hmm. So, you know, head down, very defeated. Uh, I got out and I sat on the boat and then, um, there was a a leader, a female leader that came up and her role was to take us swimming and find the dolphins. And she said to me, Hey, do you want me to come help you? Do you want me to, I can swim with you. Just hold on to me and I'll swim around and you know, we can do this. And no, 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 no. Like, don't be a bother. Right. Don't Mm -hmm. do do, do all the things. Right. So I resisted her. And then finally she said, look, look at me. Uh, that's my job. That's what I do. Um, and so I, I said, okay. So I got in and I literally hung on to her one arm and she swam us around and I just floated. And then all of a sudden, all of these dolphins came up underneath us and started blowing bubbles on us. And it was quite an experience. And then everybody I was in the group with came to me and we had this beautiful experience And it was very, very invigorating for everyone involved. And when we got out of the boat, it dawned on me that I was holding everyone back Mm. by not allowing myself to be vulnerable and show up in the way that I was. And I really allowed people to to help. I I enabled that. Mm -hmm. And the entire trip was different from there. And yeah, so it it was just a big test and a big... um, a big message of I was actually disabling the whole situation by not being vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that's pretty, I've done that in many things in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was an important reminder for me that the experience became what the experience was when I showed up how I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just the power of letting people step in. And, the, and, and then the stories we got to tell because of it and the experience we all had together from it and the, even the leader, right, allowing her to actually show up and do what she's there to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do her job. Do her job. 
And um, it didn't take anything away from the experience. It added to the experience. Mm-hmm. Once I allowed myself to be vulnerable. And it brought strength because our conversations were different after it. Yeah. Yeah. You were, yeah. And the visual of um, uh, a dolphin surrounding you in bubbles. It was breathtaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for all the people involved, it was breathtaking because all of a sudden we were a a big flotilla and all these dolphins were underneath us. And even the uh, leader said she she's never experienced that either. Hmm. So, yeah, an important yeah. reminder for me. Another light switch moment. <laughs> yeah, well, and no wonder you are the lover of all things nature when nature is lifting you up in that beautiful way. Absolutely. I, I am absolutely a lover of nature. It's, it feeds me. It, it is part of me. I draw energy from it yeah for sure yeah well we're going to take a quick break and come back with more from jenna forrester we'll be right back become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america at Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the resilience at work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited resilience at work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. 
We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience and You. And we're back with Jenna Forster. Uh, and um, Jenna and I uh, were talking at the break a little bit about this notion of um, illness and the body experiencing dis-ease. The body is not experiencing ease. Uh, and um, what was that like for you during that period? <laughs> I, I remember distinctly that one. Um, you know, I never really paid a lot of attention to my body. I was always an athlete, and um, my body was there to perform. Uh, it was there to move me forward in a physical way. I was always very physical. I liked being physical. I was raised in a family that was, you know, hockey players and lacrosse players and all the things. And so a body had a function for me. I, I would say my head and my body were not connected in any way. Um, you know, my, my, my head just thought my way through it and my body came along and that was what I expected of it. And um, after uh, about a year and a half of treatment and finally, you know, we knew it was Lyme disease and um, I had, it was, it was pretty sparse with what I could do physically. And I had, a uh, doctor say to me, he said, what, what is within you and in your internal environment that allowed Lyme disease to take hold? He said, many people get bit by ticks. Um, not everybody gets Lyme disease. So what is it within your internal environment that allowed this disease to become front and center? Mm-hmm. And, you know, after I got over myself, because man, that that, make me angry like I automatically went to oh so it's my fault right Mm -hmm. that uh, but I was in a really big fear state um but he was right you know and it's something that I've carried forward with me in everything that I do now there was something about my internal environment that did allow um this disease to become prevalent and I think that if I really looked at my life with a bit of a, a bit of a magnifying glass, not overanalyzing it, but I could see a lot of aspects of my life that I allowed an external factor to lead the way, mm-hmm. to control and run what it was that I was doing and gate being, really being. Um, but that really shifted things for me because I started on this um, journey around understanding the body and understanding the brain-body connection and, and you know, brain science and all the things that I learned and energy management. And um, it was such a, such a way to, to see ourselves. You know, we're more than just this meat suit that wanders around, right, and mm-hmm. movers and shakers. You know, there's so much more to us than that. And when I really accepted that I could adjust my internal environment to make a shift in my external environment, in, in my health, in my body. And, and um, now my, how I function in the world from a physical perspective and how I 
um, the, the methods that I use and all of the things that came because of my disease. And for that, I'm eternally grateful because I, I understand things at, at a much different level than I think I would ever have possibly done mm -hmm. if I wasn't faced with this experience. I just yeah. wouldn't have been in my, my light. It wouldn't have been in my mind at all. Yeah. Um, what I'm hearing is uh, just a real shift to the, um, the embodied wisdom that resides within uh, is being consulted and informing your choices these days. Absolutely. And one of the big lessons for me in all of this was um, around giving my power away. And I don't mean power as in lording over or controlling, I'm not talking about that side of power. You know, to me, power is personal energy to make a positive difference. And I was handing my power away my entire life um, to everything and everyone. And this disease, it's almost like the disease came in and said, oh, okay, you really want to give your power away? Here you go. Let's really do it then. If we're going to do it, let's just really do it. And it was such a, <laughs> a hit, like a punch to the gut of, wow, okay, I really do hand my power away to everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. If you say you want something, okay, I can do that. If you, mm -hmm. right, just bend over backwards and, and it doesn't need to be about resistance. When I first, initially, there's always this sort of anger about that and resistance and pushing against things, but that's really entangling. It entangled me with the wrong things. If I instead saw it as the gift that it was, which was a full on gift that was provided for me to really look at my own sense of power, my own sense of self and, and who I was and what I really wanted to be working with, mm -hmm. not what I was entangled with. Mm. Then I got, I started to make decisions that came forward from that internal space of what I wanted yeah. and who I wanted to be. And then decisions almost became choiceless. Mm -hmm. You know, someone would come to me and say, hey, can you do this? And I would be like, yeah, great. That totally is in alignment. Or, no, actually, that's not going to work for me. But here, let me give you some resources that would probably love to do that. Mm -hmm. And that really, that was a game changer when I started to make choices from an alignment position rather than an entanglement or resistant perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, so delightful as I listen to you because it's um, you've become the CEO of your company and of your own well-being. I have, yeah. And my well-being uh, at at times comes first. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. You know, as somebody who cyclically moves through this uh, human doing, human being cycle of uh, uh, abundant productivity. Um, I, uh, I'm, I have a, a, a joke with a friend of mine about whether we're the employee of the month or boss of the month for our business. Right. And uh, more often than not, I'm the employee of the month. Uh, and uh, the notion of uh, also adding into uh, titles for myself, the CEO of my own well-being, 
uh, might help me uh, manage those doing being cycles a little bit more um, efficiently. The, um, the piece I don't want to lose track of, we talked about um, the allergy to vulnerability and we talked about fear. And as you navigate yourself uh, in these years um, uh, post uh, uh, that, um, those tests and that diagnosis, what, what did you learn about fear and vulnerability during that time? How incredibly powerful the mind is and um, our perception of things. So I'll give you an example. I was going along my journey and I was feeling like I was getting healthier and getting stronger and feeling good. And my doctor said, okay, let's retest you for, for Lyme. See where you're at. Like, let's see if we've gotten past this. Or, and I walked into the office and I was feeling strong and and there and able and all was well. We did the tests and then I came back for the results and she said, oh, well, unfortunately, the markers haven't changed, they've actually increased. And in that moment, I crashed. Mm -hmm. I had to physically lay down. I couldn't, I just, and it wasn't an emotional reaction, it was a physical reaction, like everything drained out of me. And I had to have help getting home and all of the things. And looking back on that, all that happened was we had a conversation. Mm -hmm. Nothing else changed. There was some information and there was a conversation and there was a drastic effect to me mm -hmm. mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally, physically in the moment that it happened. And that was powerful for me of if we really take any story out of that, all that happened was a conversation. Yeah. Why did it have such a drastic effect on me? And, you know, when I think about fear and vulnerability, it's the story we weave around it, mm -hmm. not necessarily the it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the beliefs we pack on top of it. It's the luggage that we take with it, right? And we, we pile it on that really has an effect on us. So um, me feeling and having a belief system about certain things like vulnerability or fear as being quote unquote bad really did affect my behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's not, actually, it's not actually valid. It's not tangible. We can't grab onto that. That conversation, while it was about information, it was still just a piece of paper with numbers on it. How did I walk in the door one way and walk out the door another unless it was me? Mm -hmm. And that, that, I think, is such a, well, for me, it's such a good reminder of, oh, what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, that there's times where, uh, you know, what's the curiosity I can bring to this data? Yes. Um, and uh, gosh darn, our ancestors who uh, well learned how to fight, flight, and freeze um, have, some, uh, have, have granted us some pretty powerful DNA uh, that uh, can, can be flipped like a switch. Yeah. And 
and what a moment to to really kind of just go, wait, this is data. I'm living in my body. I'm the CEO of my well-being. This is data. It is. And, you know, stop, look, and listen. Like, mm-hmm. hold, hold the phone. <laughs> you yeah. know? Where am I going here? I can feel, I can feel that I'm off here. Where am I going? Is that where I want to go? That's yeah. right. Like I, at that moment, I handed my power to the data. Yeah. And, you know, that's such a good reminder that I keep because it, it reminds me of any other time that I am handing my power over to a person, place, or thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not, it's not, that's not what was being asked of me. You know, what, what's, when you think about it from a place of what's being asked of me, what's coming forward, what's, what am I entangled with in the moment, we really get to take better care of us in that. And that is well-being. You know, most people say self-care, but I don't have time for that and all that stuff. But that's self-care. Those moments that we don't put ourselves on the shelf, that's self-care. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we can call back, you know, I, I learned a lot about energy and calling back our energy or our attention or like call it all back. Be there. Be. This is all of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I listen to you share that story, I, I think to myself, here you are feeling better, feeling strong. And I'm just checking my assumption that you're walking into that office going and the data is going to confirm it. Yes. That's what I wanted. That's what I felt I needed. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. And um, what I'm hearing is the reframe was you were doing well. You were doing the things you needed to be doing. And um, that hadn't changed the markers. It just meant you were doing all the things you needed to be doing in that moment. Exactly. And looking for external proof wasn't really the answer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, it's one of those little reminders, right? I remember reading reminders for self-esteem. A lesson continues to repeat itself until learned. Right. I get to learn one more time. Yeah. What am I, what, what is going on with me checking in with me and, and this data is coming from external and what am I doing with that? Exactly. And, yeah. and what is, you know, even when it's feeling not as comfortable as it could, what is it, what is it showing you? What is it teaching us? What is it, right? What is, mm-hmm. it's not what we think, rarely ever, because we've, like you said, we've entered into that room expecting it to prove certain things to us but it's there there's so much more there's so much more Mm -hmm. that's within it if we don't try to grasp on to what we think it has to be Mm -hmm. yeah the um the i'm feeling good it must mean x but what do you mean it doesn't mean x so therefore, I am no longer healthy. So therefore, I must lay down and yeah. in a fetal position. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That is a, it's a powerful story of uh, how data 
um, can uh, be woven into a narrative that results in fairly significant impact, which is where you started this story. And so I'm appreciating how you've brought that to life for me and our listeners who, um, who may be giving some power away to data. Yeah, absolutely. And not recognizing that we're doing it. I don't, we're not doing these things on purpose. Mm-hmm. We, we just haven't um, maybe slowed down enough to take a check, a pulse check on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't walk in there saying that I was going to crash if it wasn't the right thing. I didn't even think of that. It didn't even come up. You know, there's this undercurrent that's always happening that we're uh, either aware of or we're not. Yeah. But the more aware we are, the stronger we are yeah. of ourselves. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pick up the conversation on awareness when we come back from a quick break with Jenna Forrester. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Dreamcatcher Consulting, Beth Page helps her clients assess and build resilience initiatives that support and strengthen resilience. Visit dreamcatcher-consulting.com for more information about the Resilience at Work assessment for teams, leaders, and individuals in a company environment. Beth is an accredited Resilience at Work consultant in North America who works with clients from all over the world. Find your resilience. Reach out to Beth now at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Check out and order the second edition of Change Happens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Resilience in You with Beth Page. We invite you to send questions or comments about the show via email to beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. That's beth at dreamcatcher-consulting.com. Now back to Resilience in You. Welcome back. I'm with uh, my special guest, uh, Jenna Forster. 
And uh, we went to break talking about awareness. And one of the uh, things that occurs to me, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this, Jenna, is um, your experience with Lyme disease uh, definitely pushed the pause button uh, on a full-on, full-tilt life. And um, that it's not uncommon to what happened to folks about a year ago when this global pandemic took hold. Um, what, uh, what are some of the connections that you see when you, uh, having, having navigated these two periods in your life, uh, one by yourself and one with a global uh, impact? Uh, what connections are you seeing? You know, the, the pandemic reminded me a lot of my own journey um, when I talked to people and worked with people and had conversations with those close to me. This feeling that happened collectively um, of, of uncertainty and when those big foundational pieces in our lives that we rely on, whether we're aware of it or not, you know, with the pandemic, it's, um, you know, health health systems, government, economy, family units, the way we go about our days was really flipped on its head. And um, that takes away this level of certainty that we have and our reliance on things being the way they are in order to feel okay. And in order to be able to continue forward the way we know you know, everybody uses the word when it gets back to normal. They're, you know, it's it's this this um, clutch hold that we have on things being a certain way in order to be a certain way, and that reminded me of my experience with Lyme disease because that's exactly what I experienced in those moments where everything, all my certainty was gone, all my big rocks were gone, all the things how I engaged, you know, I didn't just sit on boards, I tended to lead them in some way, whether it was, you know, in a department of it or not, I, did, I didn't want to, I didn't just come, I needed to really, well, prove my worth <laughs> through leading them. Um, but right now, everybody says, you know, people have been forced to look in the mirror. And I think it's so much such a bigger conversation than that. Um, that's happened with people of when we don't have the things we know or we're used to, and those are gone, then that is the opening for fear. And I think that's what we're seeing in this world with all of the expressions that are happening and, and um, actions that are being taken. That's really just fear in action. And unfortunately with the pandemic, it's stoked and um, more prevalent, but the same thing happened to me personally um, in this experience with Lyme disease where uh, it was that opening, like I said, of fear and it, it was really hard to make a decision. It was really hard to know. It was really hard to know I was okay. And I think collectively that's what's happening right now is people don't know they're okay. You know, and it doesn't matter what generation you're in, what your age grouping is, everybody's experiencing this. And that's the interesting part about it it's collective yeah. and it, it's affecting people differently. It's affecting some people more drastically than others. Um, but everyone is experiencing this right now in this moment. It doesn't matter where you live, 
what your demographic is. You know, I, I think there's conversation around demographic and how we, we, we shift things, which would be a larger conversation, but there, you would be hard pressed to find someone that hasn't been affected by this experience we're collectively in. Mm-hmm. And from having navigated uh, your illness, uh, what would you say to people who are experiencing this fear in action um, to, to, as, as they go through the rest of this day and this week? The first thing is that power piece. Where are we giving our um, personal energy away to things? And is that really what's going to serve us best? You know, I think all, well, not all, a lot of people have been consumed with, with the news cycles and the, you know, social media is very prevalent in our world and all of those things. And, but that's leading us in a certain direction. I'm all for information and I'm not against any of it, but that's an example of how what we're scrolling to is having a direct effect on what we're giving our personal power, our personal energy to, and is that really going to serve us in this manner? And, you know, when it's all about separation right now, unfortunately, and that's really not the answer with, with anything, um, us versus them, this idea, um, because, but we're handing our power to that. We're handling, we're handing everything to that, which closes us down and doesn't allow us to engage the same way. doesn't allow us to be in a conversation the same way. Um, and is, is that really what we want? So, it's about that mindfulness, that present moment, you know, those words that are used a lot of being in the moment of what's going on. Am I agitated right now? What am I doing? What's look around? What's yeah. happening? Can I call that back? Can I, can I be more in it as me, not as in whatever's controlling me? Mm-hmm. You know, when we're, we have fear running everything, our actions are rarely ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And as you say that, I connect back to that piece of data you got in the doctor's office and the impact it had on you. And so um, to the extent that people are allowing data to wash over them, there may well be some choices that are getting made and some fear that is being amplified uh, without the benefit of checking in with the internal CEO of wisdom because it's happening all around us where people have in people in their lives that are near and dear to them. They've known for 20, 30 years and they're looking at them like, who are you? What, what, what I can't believe. Right. And so then that's the separation piece, but from a non-judgmental way, it's that's, that's this piece in action of, you know, allowing the information and the data that we are, it doesn't matter. You can look in four different places and get four different pieces of information or it posed in a different way. Um, but it really has ha- is having a direct effect on, you know, it's seeping through. And, and I think we're losing a bit of ourselves in that mm-hmm. space. Yeah. And um, uh one of my learnings is it's really hard to have a conversation with fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, as we kind of 
make a thoughtful and intentional choice to turn our back on fear and walk towards love, for example. Uh, you got to experience the love of community uh, as you navigated um, uh, your own experience and, and made data available to people around you who cared and loved about you, uh, cared and loved you. What, what, what does community mean to you as you uh, look back at that time? For me, initially, before I had the experience with Lyme disease, <clears throat> community was an outlet for me to, ex- to, to serve, to um, give my personal energy to make a positive difference in what I thought it was. So I engaged with community from a very one way. I was to give to community. I was to support community. I was, right? And, it, and sometimes it, it, it felt like a full-time job, just giving to community, right? Um, when I was able to express my vulnerability and really see a community, I mean, people that I didn't even know, they knew nothing about me, they, I had no experience with them at all, coming forward and saying, here, let us help you. I mean, it gives me chills because I, I didn't actually think community was about that. I thought community was an expression for me to serve in. Um, community is this, it's a breathing organism. It's, it's this, you know, breath in, breath out. It's a, it's a give and take. It's a dynamic um, that requires us to be more expansive, to be open to all of the community, you know, not just our little piece of it or what we know of it. Can we, for me, it was about, can I open up to see this actually forced me to open up to see community as different as it's a collection of individuals and ideas and cultures that come together to form this something. Mm -hmm. Right. And and there's so much in it. There's so much more in it than I ever thought was in it. It's not about moving a marker. Mm-hmm. It's about seeing it for what it is in all of it mm-hmm. without judgment, without separation, without us versus them, without... Because that's not the real true nature of community. That's what we put in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the opportunity to view community and all its assets and its opportunity for connection and healing uh, amidst challenge is, uh, is the possibility for resilience. As we uh, uh, close out of today's conversation, what closing comments do you want to offer to our listeners? In whatever we're in, whatever we're facing, um, there's there's people. There's to a certain extent, even in the places where we feel the least safe, within our internal environment, we can be safe. We can be um, we can be here, and and that I wish someone reminded me of that I was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of power in knowing that you're okay. And just being aware of where your attention is, where your energy is, 
you know, I can use those two words interchangeably, but call it back, but mm. call it back, bring it back to you. Um, we can't be who we truly are meant to be if we're splayed everywhere. If yeah. we're, if there's pieces of us everywhere. So call ourselves back, be mm-hmm. here, all of us, not parts of us. And when things are stressful and overwhelming and, and challenging, check that. Is it true? You know, it, it, can we look at it differently? Can we turn the dial on that? Can we see it differently? There's probably so much more there than we're able to see. So there's a slowing down. There's an awareness. There's a attention calling ourselves back to ourselves. Like come home, mm-hmm. come home. You're, you've been called for a long time to come home. So just come home. Wonderful. Mm. Thank you so much, Jenna. And as we close out today's conversation, the invitation is to call yourself home as an act of resilience. How might you call yourself home today? Mm. As we close out uh, our conversation on resilience and you, invite you to um, uh, consider how vulnerability might support you in your life. As you've heard from somebody who started out with an allergy to it, and uh, has come a long way in the last several years. And uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation with you on uh, social. Feel free to reach out to at Change Wisdom on Twitter. Looking forward to uh, continuing to explore resilience in you. I'm your host, Beth Page, calling in today from the traditional ancestral and unceded territories of the Halat, Penelican, Stuminus families who've stewarded these territories for generations. And we leave today's show with gratitude, uh, wishing you a resilient week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to Resilience and You. Please join your host, Beth Page, again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, if you find that you're facing some personal stress, try to find your calm. Be resilient.